Everybody, welcome back to the Sloan Cold Facts Podcast, episode number two. This is a very special occasion. Oh my God, some of my lifelong friends in the building, some of the game changers, the culture when it comes to basketball, not only in Sydney, Houston, in the state of Texas, even in the country. Uh, these four gentlemen, like I said, lifelong friends, all professionals, big time high school, college basketball, pro players. Obviously, you guys know Sloan Colfax. We like to give people their flowers while they're still here. Like to celebrate, dude. Celebrate the culture. Uh, today, again, is a very special episode, episode number two. Um, I have in the building Jason McCoy. What's up, everybody? Milby High School, Rutgers University, University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee. Uh, Dante Stiggers, Hastings High School, Southern Miss, Kenny Taylor, Willow Ridge High School. Played at Baylor, transferred to Texas, and his high school teammate Daniel Ewing played at Willow Ridge High School and played four years at Duke University. We're gonna give it up for these guys. Y'all give it up for yourselves. Clap it up. And, and <laughs> before we start, we gotta give a it's a special occasion, a special day. Give a big toast to uh, Daniel Ewing, who officially joined the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, NBA staff as a scout, D. Ewing, way to represent the culture. Cheers, cheers. Big shout out to D. Ewing, man. Uh, well deserved. Take a little sip on that. Uh, today's episode, each episode, we're going to pair a wine with the episode. So today's episode is paired by, make sure I say this right, Nuevo Wusi, 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 something like that. Uh, my girl Helen, actually Jason's cousin. Um, it's her wine she uh, gave to my wife Brandy and you know we decided to pair that with this show today so Helen we appreciate you we thank you um, fellas first of all thank you guys for coming I appreciate it. I know you guys are busy we're going to jump right in uh, it's 2022 you guys know you guys are still kind of close to grassroots basketball you've kind of seen the explosion uh, over the last 20 years uh, of, of, of kind of what's happened in our state, basketball-wise, culture-wise, with the game of basketball. We all graduated in 2001 class, um, arguably the best class in the state of Texas. I know those guys in Dallas like to talk about the 02 class that came after us. It was also a really, really good class with Chris Bosh and um, Darren Williams, Bracey Wright, uh, those, those guys. But I, I feel like our class – kind of set it off as far as um, people looking at basketball in the state of Texas differently. Obviously, we'll always be known as a football state. That's clear and that's obvious, but our class uh, kind of changed things and it didn't really, oh, we, we, we didn't overtake bat football, but we kind of shifted the culture a little bit. And again, people looked at us across the country as a basketball city, even as, as a basketball state. So um, Jason, you want to kind of touch in on that and, and give me your thoughts on how you feel uh, our class shifted the culture. Um, for me, uh, I think that uh, our class was the best class, hands down. Um, I, I say that shit because uh, every night playing in, you know, HISD was, and, you know, Woodridge, Fort Bend, I mean, you shit, you had to bring it. Uh, I mean, I mean, my district alone, we had Yates, uh, Booker T. Uh, we had... Uh, uh, Madison coming from not not my district but another school over here. And then you had the four A schools too that you had to watch out for. Uh like Worthen sometimes had some uh Sterling Wheatley. Yeah. yeah Talk so. about some of those dudes in, in, in that district. I know 
Obviously, Bel Air had John Lucas III, Emeka Okafor. Yeah, that was Lamar District. That was Madison District. So they had uh, Lawrence, Corey in their in, in mm-hmm. district. They had, uh, uh, of course, Emeka, John. I mean, and then you had, you know, Westbury with Jay Jones them, you know. Right, right. They was solid. Uh, and then, like I said, Yates at the time, they was falling off a little bit, but they still had Barlow, uh, PJ, you know, and then, of course, Milby, you know, we had Bud, R.I.P. Bud. Alton, um, Alton yeah. Ford. So, you know, and me, but um, them guys was gone, man. But uh, 2001, like I said, man, it was huge. And then I think that for me, uh, not really born in Houston, you know what I'm saying, raised in Houston. So to come in and just see how, you know, I mean, shit, our AU practices was I mean, it was crazy. You know what I mean? You be one second you friends, next second, you know what I mean? You going right at somebody's neck. But I think the the big thing was we was all cool off the court. You know what I'm saying? Everybody right. wanted to see each other win. I think that's that was one of the main things that I, I saw when I came to the city. Tell you wanna touch on that next. I think what he said was, from from my standpoint, the difference of what we see now, you know, with the social media and all that is that Yes, we were, like, off the court, a lot of us were cool, you know what I'm saying, from childhood relationships or whatever, whatever, what have you. But our approach on the court was so different. Like, I don't know you. Me and Los was like, like this, but on the court, it was no, it was step over you, you know what yep. I'm saying? Like, it, you know what I'm saying, to the, to, you know. Oh, yeah, push the mic up, he's saying, yep. Yeah, so I think the in that competitive standpoint, and this, and it was a lot. It was a lot less about show, you know what I'm saying. It was just getting after it. Um, like yeah, I I, I commend these kids these days because it's a lot tougher. You get crossed over, you on going viral. You going yeah. viral. You know <laughs> sure. what I'm saying you get dunked on, you going viral. You on TikTok. Yeah. I ain't got dunked on so many times, crossed over so many times. It don't matter. I'm gonna still go contest the next shot. I'm right. still gonna go for the. You know what I'm saying. And I think that that make a different kind of dog out of us than some some kids now. Like if you see a kid that's just going at it right now, you're gonna be like, he a, he tough, he a right. dog, but you just normal in our in our time, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, KT, touch on um what you know graduating two thousand one in our city uh playing basketball meant to you. Um, well, it meant a lot. So to kind of piggyback on what these guys were saying, uh, as far as coming up around that era, I think the competition level. Basketball IQ was a little bit better uh, because we wasn't necessarily dribbling around cones and trying to perfect our skills that way. We got um, we got we sharpened each other game a lot more because all we wanted to do is compete. Uh, like I say, on the court, this guy sitting next to uh, left to me, my teammate Daniel, I couldn't stand him <laughs> growing up playing yeah, basketball. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't either shit to be honest. <laughs> I, I, got a, I got a very I funny story about this. He was an asshole. Everybody watching this. Everybody watching this. He was a solid asshole, man. It actually wasn't even silent. He was an asshole. Just, yeah. Give you a little smirk and shit. Yeah. It was plenty of days where I stayed late and got up more shots and dribbled more because I knew uh, as far as middle school wise, uh, we were playing against Missouri City and that was our rival. So uh, when we got over to to Rilla Ridge, it just all came together. Um, like I say, the competition was extremely fierce, and uh, it was so many people. We had a 
lot of open gym runs and, mm-hmm. and nobody wanted to lose. So because you knew if you lost, you probably weren't going to see the court for a long time. Oh, wow. Right. So uh, I would say the level of competition was a lot better. Do you? Man, I mean, pretty much to piggyback on what everybody else been saying, like, especially just the competition, man, the way we competed was a lot different than the way, not saying kids don't compete, not like, but like everybody went after it back then, like, you know what I'm saying? Because everybody was fighting for something, yeah. even though I was maybe looked upon as one of the top guys in the city or whatever the case may be, it still was a bigger picture for me that I was fighting for, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we were all from Texas. At the same time, we felt like we all wasn't getting the respect and do that we that we deserve. So the bigger picture was, especially on the AAU circuit, was all right, man, we putting on for the state of Texas, yeah, right? Yeah. Like we're gonna let y'all know. Like, you know what I'm saying? Y'all thinking that we just ride horses and cattle and all that silly stuff. Like, no, nah, we yeah. we got game, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think our class was one of the first classes <clears throat> to really put Texas, not just Houston, to yeah. put Texas in the forefront of Oh man, there's some kids out there that can really that that really got game, and uh, I think uh, just the outcome of of what guys was able to achieve just in high school alone was proof of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you had three guys that year. Uh, that was McDonald's All American here in the city. Correct. Right? Yep. Yeah. Myself, TJ, Lopes. Lopes. Yeah. Right. That's three All Americans in one city. Correct. From a state that they say didn't have no hoopers. Right. You know. So, uh, and then like I said, you still got the Dallas. You know, the Dallas. You can't forget about those guys, but. I think, like I said, here in Houston, our that 2001 class, we we set we set we set the bar and, and got the ball and got the ball rolling. Yeah, I agree. It's it's, it's funny, man. Um, D. Ewan speaking, um, obviously with him playing at Duke, but even when we were 14 years old, going back to middle school, it was my first ever out of town basketball trip. I was actually playing with uh, Carlos Hurt and Jace Lewis, and uh, we were at Detroit, Michigan, at the uh, 14 under AAU Nationals. And so we, we kind of – we played our game already. We had another one the next day, and, and our coach was like, hey, we're going to go watch the uh, uh, Missouri City – Mo City Magic in this team, another team from Houston. I'm like, all right, cool, another team from Houston. That's good. So we're watching the game, and I see this kid on the court, and he's doing, like, in-and-out shit and, like, step-back crossovers. I'm like, how's a 14-year-old doing all this shit? Like, I'm, I'm a, like I could barely dribble my left hand. Like <laughs> – and so I'm watching and so I asked the coach, I was like, who is that? He's like, yo, that's, that's Daniel Ewing. Um, he had two older brothers that, that played, and he's, he's pretty good. I was like, yeah, fucking right. He is, he's very good. And so it's just kind of even the north side, south side thing. I touched on this last episode. Growing up on the north side, I mean, there was maybe one AAU team. We didn't have guys that, like, we didn't have open runs. We didn't have open gym. We didn't have nobody doing skill workouts or anything like that. And so basically it's like I had to go – to Yates, to Willow Ridge to practice, to even see guys like, you know, a, a D. Ewan or a TJ Ford or a Kenny Taylor or a Dante Stigger. So um, just my introduction to high-level basketball as a 14-year-old was seeing D. Ewan with the uh, Mo City Magic. And it's funny, man, everybody touches on um, T. Ewan saying he was an asshole. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I got to go back. So our last trip, Ever the Houston Superstars. This is my second year playing with, uh, with 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 Yuri. We just came off of Elite Eight finish in um, Vegas at the big Adidas Big Time Tournament. So we were at the Best of Summer. The Pump Brothers they had a tournament in uh, in LA called the Best of Summer to kind of end the Adidas schedule. And so we rolling. And so man, you know now like D. U. and he's super hot. 
And the, the one thing I could always appreciate about D was anytime he had like a match, he always had a chip on his shoulder, even as a high school kid. So anytime he had a matchup, he wanted to take advantage of it. And so we were playing the New York Ravens and they had Julius Hodge. And so yeah. Julius Hodge was considered maybe like, you know, yeah. top two, top three. State, right? Yeah, like like combo shooting guard. Yeah. And some people had D U on like four or five. So like he was really on a mission. And so he was kind of rolling. So, you know, I, I I always tweet about this. It's it's hard sometimes going from your high school where you're the guy to going to AAU and you gotta be a piece, mm-hmm. right? But you know, like the piece that you are helps your team win, helps your team advance and you get to showcase your skills uh, in a different way and coaches can see you in a different light and so D. Ewan again I know this I've seen it before playing against Julius Hodgson he had a point to prove and so I set a ball screen for him and they switched so I had a small on me in the paint like uh, and you know like as a big like yo like you're gonna rebound you're gonna run but shit you gotta give me the ball sometime dog so it was a switch in the paint and so I'm posting and D dribbling, looking, and now he has the big on him on the switch. So he like, yo, get out of there. So I look back like, yo, I got a small, give me the ball. He like, yo, get out of there, he dribbling. I'm like, yo, no, give me the fucking ball. And so we end up calling a timeout. And so D Yoon was like, yo, dog, when I got the ball, the mismatch, you got to get out of the way. I said, I got the fucking mismatch too. So you ain't Michael Jordan. Yo, D. Ewan looks at me and says, I'm Michael Jordan and you. <laughs> and so, so, I'm like, man, fuck you. You ain't, Michael, huh? you ain't no fucking Michael Jordan and me. And so, D. Ewan and I argue. So, Yuri, like, man, both of y'all go to the bench. So, he set us both down. So, listen, he set us both down. And then the other end, like, Julius then made a run. And they caught up. So, TJ in the game, and like, it was an inbound. He dribbling. He looks at Yuri, like, man, get them both back in the game. So we both check back in the game and we end up winning. But like in the hotel after the game, you know, man, like, I mean, it's just us there. So like, you know, I'm still mad. I guess he's still fucking mad. So we walk by each other. Like, you know, normally we dub each other. We just we like stone face walk right past each other. <laughs> Yo, we didn't talk for the rest of the trip. I didn't talk to D.U.N. again until maybe I think I, we played them like in the J.C. in December. So that was from like July to December. But it's, it's funny, man, now rehashing that. But it just... Again, like the obviously, man, with him being a McDonald's All American and um, playing at Duke four years, ACC tournament MVP, a good player at Duke, all conference dude at Duke, he had another level that he could always get to and take it to. And I think that uh, separated him from that. <laughs> what you say, Tay? <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey. So, but, but you know, again, also, I always say it like it's for me, it was a. Um, a really good thing to play with like talented players like that, you know, like guys who could push you, could make you better. And again, it also made me raise my level of play. And so again, thinking about it in hindsight, like he was probably better in the situations in the mismatch than I was, you know? But again, you're 17 years old, you want to get your shine too. Like, yeah. you know, you're not thinking about that. Um, Jason, kicking it back to you, man. Uh, obviously a Milby 2001 graduate. You play with the Houston Select, uh, AAU growing up. Uh, played at Milby and then you decide to um, commit. Shit, I played with the superstars too. I ain't play, but I played. <laughs> <laughs> and you decide to uh, commit to Rutgers. Talk about kind of your after high school experience with college and then uh, pros. And uh, let me just, before I even go there, let me just start off by saying like I looked up to all y'all, man. Y'all motherfuckers mm-hmm. was my dogs because 
coming from East Texas, I mean, it was 1A. I ain't have AAU. I ain't play AAU until I came to Houston. That was my first time even playing summer ball. I ain't even know nothing about AAU, right? Mm-hmm. We 1A, we 100 people in the school. You know what I'm saying? So you talking about you can drill with your left hand, and I can drill with my right. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I was just athletic. But no, nah, man, um, I knew that when I came to Houston, I had a point to prove myself. So uh, I used to grow up watching the Big East. I love watching Georgetown, Big Monday, Villanova, uh, St. John's, all of that. So, uh, you know, that was one of the reasons why I chose to go to Rutgers at the time, um, to go to the Big East. At the time, my coach was, uh, uh, man, uh, Hurley, Danny Hurley. Mm-hmm. He was assistant coach at the time. He came down and, you know, I felt like that was the, the place for me to be at the time. You know, mm-hmm. things didn't work out at, at Rutgers and I ended up transferring to Wisconsin, Milwaukee, where my coach was Bruce Pearl. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Bruce Pearl. And real quick, Jay, talk. You know, um, now with the transfer portal, kids don't even have, have to sit out a year. Should you could even transfer in conference um, without sitting out? So like, talk about um, your decision to to transfer, and like what kind of win that thought process, and and was that like a, a you decision? Was that a family decision? Was that it was on the uh, Rutgers staff? Like it was both, man. Like. I hated my coach at Rutgers. I ain't going to even lie. I mean, he came from a mid-major. At that at that time, you know, to play in the Big East, I mean, man, you had to have, uh, you know, a coach with a chip on his shoulder the same way that, you know, the players do. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was going in and, you know, I, I needed prayer, but we didn't need a reverend at the time, man. We needed a dog. You know, we facing yeah. Mello, Mecca. I mean, Mecca was at UConn at the time. So, um, you know, I wasn't getting – I was – you know, when getting the time that I thought that not even just the time on the court, but off the court, too. I think that's big for, for guys to be like, you know, I'm away from home. I'm in Jersey. Man, I need to, you know, I need a little extra time. Sometimes kids need a little extra push, a little extra time to figure out what's going on. You know what I'm saying? So right. um, it was definitely, a, a you know, my family decision, too, to, you know, to try to figure out what was going to be the next step. I mean, man, it, it was a rough time. I, I was about to give up ball. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And, you know. Coach Pearl reached out and, you know, he gave me an opportunity to say, you know, you're not going to come right in and, and you know, maybe, you know, play right away because you got to sit out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you got a chance to earn it. So, and that's all I ever wanted. You know what I mean? But the transfer report is big. I mean, if I wish I had it back then, you know, because I would have right. had a, a chance to go right in. You know what I mean? But I needed that year to develop. So I wouldn't take it back. You know, that year for me to set out and get my mind right, get my body was never right, but <laughs> 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 it, it ain't get right till we retired. I can't lo- now I can't lose this weight, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I needed that time, man. No, uh, speaking of that, man, um, you know, in, in college football, kids redshirt all the time. Like it, it's almost very few kids come in as incoming freshmen have a chance to you know, touch the field. Um, that 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 redshirt year or that transfer year for you said was vital. Um, I think in today's game, a lot of parents don't understand. They feel like. Because their kid played on the EYBL, or because he's a certain rating or, or rank, or has a certain ranking, that he's automatically guaranteed and granted access to playing time as a college freshman. Um, Dante, talk about your transition as a high school senior to playing in Conference USA as a freshman point guard. First, first thing first is like me. I, I think I'm different from everybody because my skill set wasn't. I wasn't no great shooter. I wasn't no great scorer. You know what I'm saying? I was an exceptional passer, you know, and I more than exceptional defensively, you know what I'm saying? So I rolled with it. And, you know, thanks to Los, and I had a great junior year, 
And thanks to Lopes getting on the hoops that year. Um, the Houston hoops. Yeah, I got on the Houston hoops. That was that was huge for me. And I ain't, I ain't see a letter. I ain't I ain't think about. I wasn't not saying I wasn't thinking about college like that, but it wasn't nothing on my plate like that. You know what I'm saying? And had a great junior year. Had some some games where I scored some points. And I had some assist breaking records uh, games like that. And when I got on the hoops, in my first my first tournament, we played the Boo Williams. You know, play hard defense, same thing, maybe get five or six points. And I'm playing with Los. I'm playing with Marcus Spears. I got Mecca. Got long. I mean, you know, we got. You loaded. We was loaded. Second you know. best team in the city, for sure. And, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that? I'm good at my job, though. I'm very good at my job. I'm good at my job. You got to check the chest testing stat sheets. <laughs> we, we didn't lose a game in Texas. It's just FYI. Kingwood Classic, but yeah, uh, <laughs> but like I came back to school, man. I got a letter from you know it wasn't you know handwritten and all that, but I got a letter from Notre Dame, Georgetown. Like I'm like that was life changing, life changing for, changing you, for yeah. me, my family. Like my mom and them ain't know nothing about clearing house, nothing. We yeah. know taking the SAT. Right. Like me and TJ was running into each other. Like we probably took about five tests the same. <laughs> I know I took it at least ten times, <laughs> at least. <laughs> And TJ was with me about three Fuck or four. It, let me just take this ACT. <laughs> yeah. Every weekend, I wouldn't even, you know, nowadays you're online with it. Back then, we got to sign in it. Me and, me and TJ wouldn't even sign anything no more. We just bring it up to pay extra $10 and go. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. But as, as that, I, I like to think of myself as that and to be that that example for kids. Like, man, you don't got to do this and, you know, you don't got to score 30. I ain't never scored 30. Well, hold on, Dante, because so. You know, obviously in my line of work now, you get parents, they always say, well, why don't you ever talk about the kids that hustle or the kids that dive on the floor and loose ball? But at the end of the day, like, diving on the floor and loose ball has to be in adjacent to you a superior passer, like you a decent scorer, you have length for the position, size for the position. Man, it, it, it can't just people, you know, I have parents that say, oh, my son, like, uh, what's the dude just went to L.A. from Minnesota? Uh, the defender play for the oh, Rockets, Pat Beverly. Oh yeah, yeah. My son, uh, Pat Beverly. Yeah, you may see Pat Beverly defending and playing hard in college, but he averaged thirty points a game in high school. Yeah, but that's high school though. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, Pat but, Beverly in high school yeah, ain't the same as but, Pat. Be but know. what I'm telling them is that you can't average seven points a game in high school and be a hustle guy and a defender and dive on the floor and not have a translatable skill set for the next level. Sure. No, for sure. For sure, you got to have some, you know what I'm saying? You got to have some other exceptional skills. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? But it's the, the main thing is is to to win, first of all. Ain't nobody coming to look at nobody scoring 20 with all due respect whoever played at Scarborough. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When they, For sure. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You got to be super special. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Scarborough, but, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm just saying, in our time, correct. Right. Uh, KT, um, with you uh, being at, at, at Willow Ridge, you guys were known as a the um, you know the trilogy, Trinity, U, D, U, and and TJ. Um, talk about your experience playing with them, as well as um, getting recruited, going to Baylor, transferring to Texas uh, to finish out your career. Uh, well, for myself, uh, I knew because I had two really good players on my team. So my freshman year, I played point guard. Mm -hmm. um, was a really good score. I could always shoot the ball pretty good. Uh, but when I seen these guys, I knew that I had to kind of hone in on a certain skill if I wanted to stay on the court. 
Because yep. we had a point guard. We had a guy in Daniel that was probably the best slasher in the city. So mm -hmm. for me to stay on the court, I know I had to become probably the best shooter that I can possibly be. So that's what I continuously worked on and focused on. So KT just said, that's what I was going to say. It's about minutes. People, kids don't understand that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's about minutes, man. You got to be on the court. So yeah, right. that hustling and stuff, that gets you your minutes. Right. You know what I'm saying? Then you can uh, you, you talk your talk your stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You could say shit on here. <laughs> <laughs> you talk your shit, then shit. If you yeah. you work you on, on your game. On, you got on the minute. You get the hustle. You get the hustle, and you stand on the court. Now you got your minutes. Yeah. Now you can sell your shit. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. KT, real quick, man. Um, you you were about to touch on this. Um, which 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 with your skill set, playing with D. Ewan and TJ, um, sometimes people look at you as the the, the quiet assassin, and with you, even as an adult, just being the person you are, you have you have no ego, low ego type of person. How was that playing with two McDonald's All Americans? Although you guys were the best team in the country, people talking about TJ and Daniel and saying and KT knowing that you were also a, a high major basketball player also? I mean, for me, it probably was the best thing because those guys would argue all the time on the court. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. when TJ would come and say, man, I'm coming to you, Daniel over there tripping, I'd say, all right, I'm open. <laughs> I'll yeah. look for You're right. Daniel comes You're right. Like, yeah, he man, is TJ tripping, I'm open. There, man, TJ over there tripping, man. <laughs> i like, all right, I'm open, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So I kind of, you know, I didn't have an ego or anything like that. I knew my role on the team. Yep. I knew what I wanted to do. I knew what I wanted to accomplish. Mm -hmm. um, I pretty much got recruited by every school in the country because right. they were looking at uh, TJ and Daniel. So Correct. I knew that, you know, I had to take advantage of this opportunity. So uh, for me, going into college, um, pretty much my options were Seton Hall, uh, Florida State, Baylor, uh, and Wake Forest. Mm -hmm. Put the mic down a little BKT, put it in front of him. Yeah, okay. yep. uh, Baylor and Wake Forest. So mm -hmm. um, Baylor really came into play because uh, Kevin Lewis was pretty much at Ice. all of my games, Coach mm -hmm. Ice. So that's my guy. So mm -hmm. they wasn't really on the radar, but seeing him so much and, and him staying persistent kind of got me down uh, to Waco. Okay. So, um, but when I got to Waco, it was, it was kind of my first time really first some, facing some adversity. Yeah. Uh, because I just came from pretty much only losing maybe three, four games my whole high school career. Mm -hmm. And coming to Baylor and looking to make an impact and things didn't really kind of go the way I envisioned at first. But um, <laughs> that's, I'm, I'm talking about before we even got to <laughs> the other stuff. Man, y'all but my freshman year, before we even before we even got to right. you know the big story, my my, my freshman year, uh, you know I, I got there early in summer school and was working out and had every intention on when I came to Baylor I was going to play right away. But yeah. uh, before the first game, Coach Blitz sits me down and asks me what I thought about red shirt, mm -hmm. and I was just completely disappointed because that was never uh, in, in the, the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so with that, I kind of got a little discouraged, but continued to work hard. So um, my freshman year was pretty sporadic because he would play me and not play me. And it kind of. Uh, Talk about when, what that does to you mentally, KT. Uh, mentally, man, it was tough because uh, he didn't play me the first game. Um, the second game, he told me he was going to play me. I told my mom to come down. My mom and my auntie drove three hours to come watch me play. And. 
I'm sitting on the bench. I get a good warm up, get a good sweat going because I'm gonna play this game. And as I'm sitting there, the clock is just <laughs> going down more. <laughs> more. I got a story like and that too, though. Second half, I know I'm about to get in the second yeah. half. And Oh, Second go. half, getting. I know I'm about to get in the game. About to, I'm ready. I done warmed up again. Got my my sweat going. Got my shoes tied tight. You know I'm ready. Final horn goes off. <laughs> he didn't play me, mm. man. So my mom was there when I got to my apartment. Man, I broke down. Tears for sure, man. Yeah. Yeah, I said tears. I would have never came here. Yeah, if that was a situation, but. Uh, credit to my mom, man. She kept me focused. She told me don't worry about it. Just continue to work hard. So. I kind of kept that in the back of my mind. So even though I was a little bit salty, I just continued to play and continue to work hard. Summertime, my sophomore year, working out with TJ, Daniel, well, all the guys here mm -hmm. in the city, mm -hmm. sharpened my skills and came back and was uh, part of, I had a great year, my sophomore year, yep. um, and made the Big 12 all-improvement team. Yep. So yep. I went from averaging two points to about 12 points in the Big, Big 12 as a yeah. sophomore. Hey, and, and, and to piggyback on that, though, hooping that summer, though, was real in the city yeah, after it them. Real. It was real after that yeah. freshman year that, you know, coming back home, everybody had been away because well, you, you ain't used to, you know, seeing them mm -hmm, that much, yeah. you know. I wouldn't know I had to go to summer school. That's a whole other story. <laughs> um, D. Ewan, um, being a McDonald's All-American, coming in your freshman year, going to a team that just won a national championship, right? A loaded team with Batty A. J. Williams, Chris Duhon, Carlos Boozer, Mike Dunleavy. Um, being McDonald's All-American, going to – a, a blue blood like Duke with other McDonald's All-Americans, other college All-Americans. What was that transition for you like? Honestly, man, it was easy. You got to remember, I'm coming from a All-American high school team, yep. right? Yep. Where I had another All-American I'm playing with. I had another great player, Kenny. Mm -hmm. I played with Ivan McFarland. Like, you know what right. I'm saying? Yep. I played with, right? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So I, I was used to sacrificing a little bit of my game already. Okay, right? good point. And so yeah. for me, I was trying, like, like Tay said, Ultimately, yeah, the goal was to make the name big, but I also wanted to win. Yeah. So I'm thinking, all right, here I am. I just finished my high school career as a state champion, right? Yep. yep. Uh, they just came off a national championship and yep. bringing back everybody except two people. Yeah. Right. So they bring back basically their whole starting Team. five. Yeah. Right. So I'm yeah. like, man, cool. I know, I know, I can play. Yep. I'm gonna get some minutes and I'm gonna do what I need to do, but like we should repeat. That was my thought process my freshman year. I wasn't yeah. really thinking about like how many minutes are starting. No, yeah. I was like, man, I'm trying to re I'm trying to repeat. I'm trying to win a national championship. Mm -hmm. And like unfortunately, as we know, like that stuff ain't guaranteed. Right. So of course, you know, I I that's and that's really when people think I've been out able to really shoot my whole life. I didn't really become a, a knockdown shooter until I got to college because mm -hmm. of, I had so many good players in front of me that yeah. they told me, look, all right. Because you can play defense, we know you can score, but right now we don't need that. Yeah, go sit your ass in the corner yeah. and wait for Jay Will and Chris Duhon and, and yeah. Dunleavy and Boozer to yeah. pass the ball out to you. And you know what I'm saying? Then you get your rocks off. But yeah, for me, man, I went into it like, all right, cool. I know I won't won't be a starter my first year. Yep. But uh, I, I'm gonna try to contribute the best way I can and hopefully uh, help this team win the national championship. That was really my thought process. Mm -hmm. And it's a thing I, I I never really asked, but I always thought about it. Obviously, man, you know us growing up, you were like taste like KT said the best slasher combo guard in our city in our state, one of the best in the country. You go to Duke, have a good freshman year, and they bring in JJ Redick, who is not similar to you, but similar in size position. Um, what was that like for you having to, again, I guess, 
even compete now with an, another McDonald's All-American who kind of play the same position. Didn't think twice about it. Mm-hmm. Right? I never, like, and TJ asked me this all the time, like, I never thought about, like, oh, they recruiting over me. Right, yeah. Right? That's yeah. just, I guess, I just, my confidence, like, yeah. okay, who you bringing here? <laughs> yeah. Like, straight up, I don't yeah. care yeah. who you bringing here. And, yeah. But no, nah, I, I never thought about it, because y'all think, dude, we always playing, at that time, you playing three guards anyway. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I never thought it was like, oh, like, oh, he's a threat. Yeah. Never thought of it like that. Okay. Like you said, we didn't do similar things. Right, yeah. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he's more so like, like, like he's catch more and so shoot. just catch Absolutely. and shoot. So yep. I'm like, okay, I can shoot and I can handle the basket, yeah. and I can defend and I'm athletic. Right, right. yeah. There's it's no different. Compar- yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah, we, yeah, our yeah. games are totally different. Yeah. Uh, so I never looked at it as like, oh man, like they, they might be trying to recruit over me. Okay. Uh, I'm going to try to call Los in, man. Um, so if you guys want to hear him put on the headphones, I'm and get Lawson here. I ain't think about like I never even thought about that. When I was when I came in, because I started, you know, and I, on God I was 135 pounds <laughs> on everything. And like I said, I, my thing was defense. So I can play harder and do and I'm 135 guarding D Wade. Like, you right. know, these I'm whoever they best wags, they put me on whoever. Every night, you know what I'm saying? So when I came in, I didn't think about, like, you know what I'm saying? I was just trying to – I couldn't shoot. <laughs> Yo. Hey. Yo, say you let him say. <laughs> see, 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 see. But, um, I'm just asking a question. Hey, before see. you even answer that. Before, I, 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 before I, I, you even I, answer that. What, what, what can I, I got to rebuttal that. that. You, you, you name – well, you name two All-Americans – Period, and then he named another All American. So you ain't even got it. Like them guys, and them I was guys a freshman. could go. And yeah, yeah. And, uh, them guys could go. Man. Yeah, them guys could go. And he, I guarded them though. Right. <laughs> I, I take that, and I had ten points. <laughs> um, we're trying to get Los on the line, but trying to tap back in with Los. <laughs> and we had forty. This <laughs> Los right here. Hold on. Let's see what we get. Los, you ready? Yes, sir. You about what you gonna tap me in? Yeah, I'm about to tap you in right now. I bet. If y'all want to hear, put on the headphone. Los, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear. You. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, hey, Carlos Hart, welcome to Sloan Colfax Podcast. Uh, we got some guys you are very familiar with: Jason McCoy, Dante Stiggers, King Taylor, D. Ewan. Appreciate you for joining us, big fella. Man, likewise, likewise. Glad to be on here, man. Is this is this a uh... PG or uh, <laughs> what up, Lowe's? <laughs> nah, you can say what you want to. Oh yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, this is definitely not yeah. PG. You can say you can speak, yeah, okay. speak very freely. Bunch of ass niggas over there. You waste no time. That's Lowe's. That's Lowe's right there. You waste no time. So Lowe's, man, this show we we're talking about our 2001 class, kind of changing the landscape of grassroots basketball in the state of Texas. Obviously, you playing at Elsick uh, High School and playing for the Houston Hoops. McDonald's All-America is one of the better guards in the country. Uh, talk about what being from Houston, playing uh, in Houston during that time and, and being in part of a, a game-changing class means to you. Man, it, it, it was uh, it was epic during that time, man. It was uh, like a lot of people that, that was in that era that didn't play with this fan. When they, when they, when we reminisce about it, when we talk about it, they just always speak on like, it was like, what a, what a time to be alive for us, like AAU basketball, high school basketball at that time. You had, uh, you had, it, we was, we was so deep 
it was a uh, it was unheard of. And, and and what made it what made it special was at that time, you know, Houston down south here, but Houston especially wasn't really known for uh basketball. Right. You know, Star Lewis, Alton Ford, kind of, you know, I know it was a lot of people before them. I'm just saying as far as I ever, yeah. they was like the ones that kind of brung it back. And, you know, it was it was just special during that time to be a part of that, like to, to represent Houston during that time. And it was so many players representing Houston and putting on for the city. And a lot of what people don't understand is, you know, we had a lot of players that went high D1. Correct. At that time, yeah. wasn't just you know we you know it, it's a it's a beautiful thing. College is college, but you got players going. You got twenty, thirty, you know, close to forty players going high Division One basketball. That's you know, what I'm saying that's monumental. Yeah, Los. Obviously, um, you being one of the better players, like I said, in the country. Um, what did that mean when you went out of town with the hoops, or when you traveled to play to to, to represent Houston? A lot of times, man, you you um, <laughs> you know, like you. You put the West on your back, you put Houston on your back, and you always represent it. Talk about what that meant for you to go play against the DeJuan Wagner, to go play against the Eddie Curry, Tyson Chandler, um, like really like destroy those guys. Yeah, I mean, that, that like I was saying earlier, like it was, it was very important for me that we put, you know, Houston on the map foremost, but not only Houston, like A-Leaf on the map because – you know, even in, in Houston growing up, A-Leaf wasn't known for, you know, an a, a area to be, you know, grow basketball players or be like a tough community. We kind of like my generation, you know, the generation before us somewhat, but kind of my generation is the one that kind of, you know, we had to get some toughness about us and like kind of put A-Leaf on the map, like, you know, far as get some respect. You know, I mean, we, everything was about respect. You know what I mean? And like I said, I go back to, New York, Philly, East Coast basketball, even West Coast basketball, Chicago. Everybody had their respect already. And it was like, you know, we was we was known for, for football. Right. You know what I mean? So it was like, y'all got us messed up down here. You know, we got some, you know, we got some hoopers down here, man. Yeah. So anytime, anytime I went out there, I, and not only that, I always made sure I had my south side slappy. Uh, you know what I mean? My south side ball say. Like all that, anytime I go out of town, I'll make sure I'm slapped up to let them know what we represent because the, the culture at that time, as far as, uh, you know, with the DJ screw music and all that, that was, you know, that was major and that was picking up momentum. So everything was representing Houston and putting Houston on the map to the fullest at that time. And that's, you know, it was a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful thing. Los, we talked earlier about um, guys kind of raising each other's level of play. And um, I remember vividly that. Uh, back in the day, Kenny Smith, who played for the Rockets, obviously, you know, everybody knows Kenny Smith on, you know, TNT, the Jet. He would yeah. have a he would have a summer tournament at the Fondy. And so uh, it was called the Kenny Smith Classic. And so the Houston Superstars, we played the Houston Hoops back-to-back years in the championship game. And obviously, man, TJ4 is not known for his scoring ability, but just, you know, known for his vision, his IQ, the way he passes the ball. He never really was a big scorer. Um, but in the championship game and our going to our junior year, excuse me, our senior year, um, it was an overtime game. You guys end up winning. It was like you end up having 42 and TJ had 40. And it was the first time that I had ever seen like someone make TJ raise his level of play to where like he was like, yo, I, I can't let Los 
outscore me and like he kind of almost changed his game just to match your level of play. So talk about having to get everybody's best shot every time you stepped on the floor. Yeah. I mean that that was that came uh I, I, I accepted that challenge. You know what I mean? Like not 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 talking about TJ before as like accepting everyone's best. I always wanted that because that's what I was gonna give anybody who I played against. So that like that challenge I accepted with open arms. But far as like with TJ, like he brought that out of me at an early age. Not just him, like the way he was brought up, like in Baytown, I never I like they two on two, three on three driveway battles with him and his dad, him and his brother, like him and his family, like that was different for me. I never mm-hmm. seen nothing like that before. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like how intense it was and like these are family members that you live with. Yeah. And y'all really <laughs> kill each other. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. So it was different for me. So I was like, oh, like, you know, if you wanna, you know, this is the competitive nature you want to come with. So really I, I got that from him at a young age and it just only took my game to another level as I got older because I always had that in me. But you know, along with other people, but that right there, I remember that moment vividly, like going out to Baytown and playing against TJ and his family. And see, this is like taking the, the game serious, the competitive nature of the game. It was a uh, next level. Los, you are probably one of the most confident players I've ever <laughs> been around, seen, played with, played against. Where did that confidence come from to where to to where you played it? So you always felt like you were the best player on the floor. Was that something that was somebody you know, like maybe spoke that into you, or is that always who you were as a player? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you, uh, uh, Sloan. It was kind of like I seen a I seen something that uh one of them podcasts or like an interview or something that uh KG did, mm-hmm. and like KG was kind of like saying speaking on like he needed stuff to like get him going. You right. know what I mean? Yep. And like, and not not like on the Michael Jordan level, but like KG would like, you know, talk smack or talk, you know, talk to himself, you know, and get himself going. And what I what I realized with me, like that's when I played at my best. So, you know, when I can, I go out there and play against, I might have been nine, ten years old, and I'm playing against, you know, fourteen, fifteen, sixty old, you know, kids, sometimes grown men, and. They, you know, they'll bring it out of you, especially when you think, you know, you think you like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah. they'll bring it out of you. So once I kind of conquered that, like I'm somebody at the parks around my neighborhood or the, or the community center, once I kind of conquered that, it was like, you know, nothing could stop me. And, and then when I was confident, when I was at my, at, at, when I was confident, that's when I played my best. When I was, uh, Swagged out, you know, talking shit, all that. that that's when I played my best. You know what I mean? So I kind of, you know, rolled with that. And Los, um, now going, you know, speaking of after high school, going to college, uh, I always tell people, uh, anytime they talk about Texas greats or high school guards, I always tell people um, Carlos Hurt should have been playing on TNT. There's there's no question um, about that talent-wise. You, I mean, I, I thought you were one of the most talented dudes we had ever seen, I'd ever been around. Um, you have a documentary coming out, you know, it's getting shot now called Still Hurt, that's the title. Um, Lowe's briefly, man, kind of talk about your transition from college. You've been a McDonald's All-American, things not going the way you planned at Louisville to Morris Brown, and, and, and kind of like talk about like your mental state during that time and like how you had to 
adjust and like understand that you know like life make life goes on things happen but you got to keep going yeah well i learned real real fast long like you know life life will smack you dead in your motherfucking face you know what i'm saying yep. real quick so what what happened with that is what i what i would tell uh you know a, a young athlete coming up a you kid or just a kid that's coming from poverty or whatever, just trying to do better for itself. Like, yo, yo, the choices you make at 18, 19 years old, going to dictate your life in your 20s. The choices you make in your 20s going to dictate your life, dictate, you know, your life in your 30s and, and so on and so on. So with that being said, like one of the, one of the major mistakes I made is, uh, the college I chose. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, I would tell a kid, you know, so I go in debt, I go in debt with it. You know, you can watch the documentary. Yep, yep. You know, I go in more debt with it or whatnot. But one of the main, one of the main lessons I want to get out to these kids is like the the choices you make for as like the college you go to, it matters. You want to you want to have a relationship with those people that you go. They you want them to have your best interest at heart, your mom's best interest at heart, your siblings' best interest at heart. Everything is about bettering your life moving forward if even if i don't i don't care what you go through like if they treat you like family then anything you go through and anything you go through while you going through that journey they're gonna have your back and that's one of the one of the mistakes i made you know like for the, the school i chose once a uh once a coaching change was made right i should have you know i, I should have went with this Arizona in the first place. I just let me go and get that out there. I should have went where's I should have <laughs> went my coach guys yep. who been knowing me my whole Talk since I've been in high school. He's been knowing since I was fourteen years old. And, and you, so he you, know he know me back and front. You, you know you, what I mean? You're you're speaking about Josh Pashner who was a um Houston Hoops summer coach at yeah. the time was also a graduate assistant at the University of uh, Arizona. Exactly. The uh yeah he the coach at Georgia Tech right yeah. now. He Correct. he was my AAU coach at the time and he invested his time, his effort, everything in me, and he knew what type of kid I was. So he was willing to do the maximum effort to make sure I didn't mess up the bag. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So the me choosing emotion, going with Louisville, you know, where my family's from or whatnot, instead of a business decision, you know, that, that cost me uh that cost me my career, cost me millions of dollars. Not only that, you know, the, the decisions I made personally off the court, but with a, for a kid, hey, you kid these days, the the, the lessons I just want to, you know, want to get to hey, you kids these days, like those decisions, those relationships you build with with you know college coaches, your AAU coach, those things have to be genuine. Everybody has it has to be genuine. If it's not genuine, that ain't like nil deals, whatever. All that shit don't matter. You know what I'm saying? You got to have a genuine love relationship with with the coach, which uh, you know, the coach has a has a has to have a relationship with your family in order for you to be in the right situation. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's when you know, yeah, that's when you know you you reach you know maximum success. Yeah, Los. Uh, each each show, I, I kind of ask people what I call the five Sloan Cole facts. So, um, your your Sloan Cole facts. Give me the five best players. You ever played against? I ever played against? Yep. Okay. Uh, TJ Ford, hands down. Okay. Uh, Dewan Wagner. 
D-Way, Zach Randolph. Uh, Last one. Mm. Mm. That's a tough one. That fifth one is tough. One. <laughs> uh, that fifth one is tough. One. Uh, let me see. Let me see. I tell you what. I go with uh. I go with David Lee. Mm-hmm. David Lee, the T was an NBA pro, two-year pro. Los, man, I, I, you know, I've, I've told you this, of course, privately, but I want to tell you, man, I'm proud of you. Um, I, I appreciate everything you, you know, you ever done for me, and even, man, I, I, I told a funny story. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let it play out on a documentary about uh, my first ever trip out of town and how you saved me from gambling. But like I said, I, I'll, I'll let that uh, play out on the documentary. But no, <laughs> man, I'm, a, I'm, I'm proud of you, um, family man, yeah. uh, taking care of your kids, handling your business, man. We're, you know, I thank you for coming on the show, man. We appreciate you. We we'll give you your flowers, man. We love you. Brother, and uh, stay safe, and uh, we'll, we'll see you soon for sure. Yes, sir, bro. Man, likewise, man. I love all y'all, man. Uh, every last one of y'all, man. Number, number, love, man. Super, Sam, super proud of you. Yeah. That's, yes, sir, man. bro. Always, man. All right, Los, bless you boys, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, Los. All right, Los. All right. Yeah. Carlos yeah. Hurt. Yeah. yeah, that was Carlos Hurt. Uh, a Leaf Elsie, uh High School, and end up transferring to Mayo's last year in Louisville, 2001. McDonald's All American. Uh, signed with Louisville. Played at Louisville. Um, appreciate Los for joining the show. Fellas, uh, real quick before we wrap it up, I'm going to give everybody their uh, five uh, Sloan Cole facts, the five best players you played against. Jason McCoy, you're up. Uh, definitely Bud. Bud used to, Alton Ford used to punish my little poe ass uh, at Milby. Tyson Chandler, um, Karan Butler, mm-hmm. uh, Mello, and... Uh, I'm naming the bigs because that's who I used to have to always go against. And uh, Eddie Griffin. Mm, Seat Hall, it's tough. It's tough. <laughs> <laughs> that Big East, that Big East was a yeah, monster, man. man. UConn, Seat Hall, Villanova. Ran up against EG yeah. in high school. Yeah, it's tough. Man. Oh, he was a really good player in high school. Even at ABCD camp, yeah. he was the <laughs> best player I played Come against. On. All right, tell you what. Um, Steve Logan. Got an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> But no, he was tough though. Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati, Steve Logan, um, D Wade, Marquette, Marquette. yeah, Converse USA. Um, it was a, uh, of course, to TJ and Los three four. And then um, trying to think of somebody overseas that that was that was tough to guard. Man, um, I played against what's it called? He was tough. Um, Keith Langford. Oh, yeah. The lucky lefty. <laughs> Keith Langford. What was, was Keith Langford? Class 2000? No, he with us. 2001. Oh, he yeah, with us. Yeah, yeah, North, yeah, North Crowley played at Kansas for you. Shout out to what, Keith Langford. What was, what was their team in Dallas, my bad? Team, team Texas. Team Texas. They yeah. were loaded, too. They had him. And, and Bodica? Uh, no, Bodica's older. Bodica went older. They had yeah, Byron Hopkins, Brian Hopkins, and they had uh, Jason Maxiel. Jason Maxiel. With the Cincinnati. Rexy Wright also, too, was a junior on that team, yeah. KT, your Sloan oh, Colfax. Man. Five players you played against. Man, Collins was played against Duke. Then Ewan got smacked. Oh. In the guard. Trash. In the guard. <laughs> Dirty. <laughs> Baylor played against TJ. Got uh, smacked. Huh? <laughs> At home. Uh, let me see who else. Uh, 
played Keith Langford, playing against him at Kansas. He okay. was a tough matchup for me. Yep. Uh, Andre Emmett. That's what I was about to say. Oh, Dre was, was a real Texas Tech. R.P. Dre, yeah. Really good player, man. And, um, man, another guy uh, that was pretty tough in the Big 12 was Curtis Stinson. Oh, Iowa, Iowa State. Yeah, yeah Iowa I remember Curtis Stinson. He, his yeah. game wasn't really flashy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Boy, he was, he was really tough. He gave us problems. Yep. D. Ewing. Oh, man. Uh, Two of the guys are my teammates, so they really don't count. Mm -hmm. but, I mean, Jay Will's probably the most talented player I ever played mm -hmm. with or against. Even as a pro? Even as a pro. Oh, wow. Well, okay. I mean, I, not, I, I can't say that because, I mean, you got Kobe. You know what I'm saying? Well, no, I'm, I'm saying like play with, you can even say. Play, yeah, play with for sure. Okay. Uh, uh, but guys that I actually had to go against. So TJ would be in that conversation too, but I also he was right. my teammate. But, right. Uh, Juan Dixon. Okay, yeah, Maryland. Yeah, it's tough. Johnson. I got to yeah, see him ooh, in high school. Slim. Yeah, yeah. So like you were saying, you was one, I'm, I'm yeah. probably 150. Yeah. Sophomore, yeah. man. He's six nine. Long, yeah. man. Yeah. Doing everything. What? Yeah. Uh best players. So obviously I got actually started against Kobe. Mm -hmm. As a rookie, mm -hmm. so you can drop. How was that? How was that? Right <laughs> How was, How that was it? I'm gonna give you the story. So, <laughs> okay. So it was cool. It was going good for the first half. Okay. Kobe's my assignment. Started the game as a rookie. They put you as on Kobe. A rookie. So this was this was two thousand and what this five is or six. 2006. 2005, 2006. Season. So this Kobe in this... This number eight Kobe. Now, this ain't... This, 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 this is 81 Kobe. Still that bouncy. same year, this is 81 Kobe. Oh, yeah, that's tough. Okay. All right. Okay. All right, so whatever. I don't know if it's home again, but it don't matter. We play in the same arena. Yeah. Game is going good, right? Kobe has 12 at halftime. Okay. 12. We might. I'm thinking we win in the game. As a yeah. matter of fact, you doing solid too. I'm, it's yeah. twelve, right? Yeah, yeah. you feeling yeah. good? And I'm guarding by myself. Ooh, ain't no okay. doubles. You know what I'm saying? Like if these ISO ain't no. You got twelve. So the third quarter comes around. I play maybe the first three, four minutes of the third quarter. Okay. I don't play no more. Rest of the game. Rest of the game. Okay. Right. That's my job. I'm doing a good job defensively. Offensively, yep. I'm not hitting my shots. Right. But yeah. Defensively. Right. So, so you going he... back to the bench like y'all held Kobe to twelve. <laughs> right. I'm like I'm feeling good. Like yeah. and yeah. we winning. Yeah. And then got you got twelve. And we winning. Right. Yeah. Right. Kobe ends up with fifty. God damn. He ends up with fifty, and the game win the shot. Oh wow. It's tough. But you got to really like, and it's Kobe, so you got to yeah. understand, right? And the shots he was hitting, bro, it was like nothing you could do about it. I'm 38 like, in the second half. Talking about like three, two, one, turn around, fadeaway threes. Now, is he talking or he just just nothing? Just nothing. Another day at work. Just, you know what I'm saying? Another day in office. He ain't really, he ain't saying that. He just, it's Kobe. You know what I'm saying? Tough. So you got us all. I had DeMar Johnson, Juan Dixon, Kobe. Guys, that was really tough. Uh, that's three. Chris Paul in that conversation? No. Mm -hmm. No, no, not for me. Okay. Not for me. Uh <laughs> I got a Kobe got me off track. Carlos Hurt is in that. Yeah. Is in that. That's four. Carlos Hurt. C Hurt is in that for sure. Okay. Uh five. That was really tough. Best players. 
Man, I, man, I got to go. Up, I was blessed to go up against some some really talented guys at a young age. Yep. So I I yep. took some L's, you know, straight up. I mean, I took some like a lot of these kids don't get to see and take L's. Yeah, like that's true. Like I took some L's as a freshman in Southport. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah y'all. Uh, North Carolina, Maryland. I, you know, I got I got one for you. I got one for you. Ooh. That was like I was like, oh my this like oh my goodness. Uh, Reese Gaines. Oh, he yeah. was tough. Oh, yeah, from Milwaukee. Reese Gaines. Yo, we, he, he, where Reese was at? He was, Louisville. 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 He was in our yeah. conference. He was 6'5", big. This is AAU. This is AAU. Reese Gaines was like 40-something in AAU, bro. Really? Yeah. At NC State, at the Bob Gip, bro. Oh, wow. Damn. <laughs> Wait, not the year that they, they, they hit Curtis. No, not no, that, that, oh, that okay. was year before. No, not that year. That, yeah, that was DC oh, Assault. Yeah. <laughs> Man, they scared me, dog. That was DC Assault. Hey. Yeah, that was DC Assault. That was DC Assault. But yeah, Reese Gaines, I had never seen, they scared a, I had me never that seen a, a 6'6 guard like that yeah. until him. Yeah, he was Conference USA, too. Yeah, no, Reese Gaines was tough. He was a... And they had him playing point at Louisville sometimes, too, actually. 6'5", 215. He was doing that AAU, bro. Yeah, that's tough. That's very, very tough. Um, fellas, everyone out here um, at this table has kids, family guys. Kind of talk about real quick before we wrap it up, like that transition, going from player, um, being a professional, playing in college, the nightlife, the life, to going to bed at 9.30, tucking your kids in. Uh, you know, man, like being a husband, being a father, um, that, that transition is not always easy. Uh, I mean, it's it's a, it's it's a thing. Even for myself, I'm still, you know, I'm I'm getting better at it, but I'm still learning, still trying to just talk about how um, the game of basketball kind of helped that transition as far as some of the things we learned in the game, as far as you know, working with others, leadership, uh, conflict resolution, um, how that is translated um, to your current life. You know, being a husband, being a father. You start D. Man, I would say, I mean, we all fathers and. And husbands here, there's no blueprint for it. Like really, there's no blueprint. Like you can ask your dad you right. know, if, he, if he's still living around. You know, ask people that your uncles, or whatever, and they can tell you how they did it. But at the same time, your children are not you, yeah. or not you know what I'm saying, not your cousins or your brothers, or whatever. So it's really no blueprint for it. Uh, for me, yeah, it was like I kind of had it good in the sense that like, okay, I'm overseas. My wife is very intelligent and and and. and independent and able to handle stuff on her own. So I wasn't there for either one of my boys, you know, being born. Mm -hmm. So I don't really know how it is to be a husband dealing with a pregnant wife. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know what I'm saying? So I missed, I missed that. And then also uh, just like once I retired, like understanding that like, okay, I'm no longer on my schedule. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Yep. Like that took a while. To mm -hmm. just to okay, I'm on my wife, my my kids' schedule. Like, I understand. All right, man, I'm, I'm on y'all time now. You know, so right. it it used to be reversed. Like, all right, when I'm playing, yep. pretty much yep. everybody's on my That's time. Good. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. When you retire, right, you home all the time. It's like stuff change, and you don't really change as fast as you need. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, <laughs> it take you some time, but like they like, but we went waiting on you to yeah, get, get with here. the program. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So. I think that's a big adjustment. But once you get it, man, like say you understand, like, all right, man, this is I gotta do, I gotta do what I gotta do to make it work for like you said, like it's teamwork. You know, you know how to work with a team, you know how to yep. sacrifice. So you you do what's best for your family and, and for your kids, you know, to, to make it a smooth, you know, even if it, you know, and sometimes it's gonna be at the detriment of some stuff that you wanna do. Yeah. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? You gotta you gotta bite that bullet and, and do what's best. D, you know, real quick, I, I meant to interject this. Um, being the NBA guy here, <clears throat> excuse me, 
What real quick? What was that like for you going to Europe for the first time, playing in Europe? Bro. I know, like we'll be on Skype. Man, y'all know, y'all, y'all, heard, so, the, y'all heard the stories, it's, it's bro. Fun, like, it's, it's bro. It's funny, man. Like deep, when, lie, when, when, no, listen, though, we all talk. The Ewan did not was not bro. feeling that. Hey, no yo, time, yo bro. listen, I saw the Ewan that summer. Like, yeah, I got to go to Russia. I said, oh shit. Yeah. I said, oh Russia. But no, man. Yeah, talk about that transition, D. Just that first year, and obviously, you know, the the more you play, the easier it is. But just real quick, discuss um, your your transition mentally and obviously playing for the L.A. Clippers to go play in Russia is a night and day deal. So speak on that. The the hardest part about it is at the time, Europe is not like it is now where it's popularized and, and, you, and you got information on it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, Skype sucks. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> no, I, no I, I, I knew on, nothing man. about – Nothing. To, I knew nothing about nothing in Europe, traveling. right? I knew none of the teams. I knew no. You know, I ain't really know no play. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yep. you guys will be like, I didn't know none of. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know right. the, how stuff worked, the process, nothing. Uh, so luckily, man, I'm I'm strong minded, right? Mm-hmm. But honestly, when I first got there, bro, I got there. They checked me, <laughs> checked me to the hotel, and the dude halfway speak English, telling me like, yeah, we'll see you in the morning, like something like that, right? So I'm like, cool, right? In the hotel, and the hotel is nothing like any hotel. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not like hey, it's, hey, a five star hotel over there is like the Palace Inn over yeah, here. Bro. It's, it's like nothing like the hotel in college, <laughs> right? And it's nothing like the hotels in the, in, in the league, right? So I get there right yeah. so the first night, man. Split them beds up. Come on, oh, I sit man. my bags down, and I'm like, I ain't got a queen time, man. Like, what the hell am I doing here? Like, <laughs> like, yeah. For, like, yeah. And I kind of broke down, like, man, like, because I was. I felt like I got, you know what I'm saying? I felt like I yeah. was a failure for a little bit. Like, yeah. what am I doing here, yeah. bro? Like, and so, like I said, man, like just the next day I woke up dealing with breakfast, right? Uh, like, man, it's just so much people don't really understand. Yeah. Like, when you got to live in Europe, but this nigga bougie uh, too. Yeah, I mean, and like <laughs> yeah. I said, man, I've, I've been blessed to experience the highest level of, yeah, of things. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, it's hard. It, it's hard to yeah, accept like sure. stuff ain't the way it's supposed to be, and uh, so that was one of my problems too in Europe. I'm like, no, nah, that ain't how it's supposed to be, bro. I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not finna conform. Yeah, you're not playing soccer to warm up. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> for conditioning, right? right? Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not finna, I'm not finna oh, jog around for 30 minutes yeah. and we damn near walking, and you tell yeah. me, no, I'm not doing that, man. Like, what do yeah. we? So, now, like for me, it was tough, man. Like Tay said, I really, I hated it for like the first six years. Like I was like, nah, this ain't. No, I'm getting back. I'm, yeah. getting, I'm getting back. I'm yeah. Getting back. And then finally, like once I was like, man, you know what? It ain't me getting back. Probably ain't gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it made it a lot easier, and I started to embrace and enjoy some of the places. Cause I've been looking back on, I've been in some great places. Yeah. But I wasn't able to enjoy it because I wasn't trying to be there at all. Right. You know what I'm yeah. Saying? No. If, now, and, and DU man, you know, you are McDonald's All American. You know, all conference player at Duke. Um, a lot of guys would have been like, man, fuck this year. I'm, I'm like, and I'm sure you're like that several times in your career but to continue to, to to persevere and to be like you know what still playing the game still getting a check still getting to see travel the world like that's a testament to you said to your mentality um that that you've always had you know no, and, and, and i'll leave you with this and it, it for me i was blessed because it made it easier because i was really getting the bag yeah, like we we all play yeah. we know yep. sometimes guys really not getting no bread for sure so that yeah, makes yeah, yeah, it yeah. i mean that kind of getting that Paper bag money in yeah, Russia too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? We getting bonuses for winning the, you know what I'm saying? Uh, winning yeah, the, the best game. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about. Bonuses them big games, bro, they yeah. talking, man, we was about to play Seska. And they was like, look, man, they wanted to be Seska so bad. 
It's like, we win this game, we got a million dollar bonus. For everybody? Not for everybody. No, like, like, for like, the, like the whole no, team, no, yeah, we yeah, split yeah. a million. Uh, Collectively. This is, this is like, coach, hey, listen, man. The coach is saying, <laughs> the coach is giving his speech. Yeah. The president, after the speech, that's the that's Pre what he says. Pre-game. Pre-game. Pre oh, wow. <laughs> this is like, coach, like, yeah, let's go. Like, do, 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 do. And the president's like, hold on, wait, wait, wait. A million dollars, and I said, all I heard was that's all I heard was a million. <laughs> and I tap, I was like, what do you say? He's like, man, we win this million dollar bonus. I said, let's get it. Yeah, let's that's go. it. That's crazy. Jr. Holden, let's you go. are on lock. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, yeah. Yeah, we got the dub. Shout out to Jr. Oh, Holden too. But yeah, yeah we got the dub. Too. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. we got the dub too. That game. Yep. KT, you um again, uh, being a father now, man, having multiple kids and trying to mm -hmm. juggle, um doing that and working and being there for your kids talk about the the transition from athlete to dad um for me it was a situation when i had my when i had my first son uh i never wanted to force any particular sport on him mm -hmm. especially basketball and have him try to live up to certain expectations but for me with uh with kj he just always had a love for the game so it's kind of good just seeing him grow into his own identity and the way he, uh, you know, just loves the game. I mean, I've never seen nothing like it since he was probably crawling and he's been playing basketball because I was still playing at the time. So uh, during the summer, I would pretty much have him in, in the gym as a baby. And I think he was just so used to being in the gym that he just loves basketball. So uh, for me, being a father is extremely important because my dad wasn't really around mm -hmm. uh, for me growing up. So I knew everything I wanted, all the conversations that I want to have that I wish I would have had with my dad. Uh, I make sure I pass that on to my kids. Mm -hmm. uh, so and with my younger son, Kaysen, uh, he's just a more of a free spirit. He's not really in the sports right now. So okay. uh, whatever they want to do, I'm on board with it and, and will, you know, be there for them and, and push them to reach their dreams. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest challenges I always see, I, I, I faced it also, um, is what to do next, right? You've been playing this game your whole life since you were 10, 9 years old. Now you're 30, 35 years old. You have no real work skills outside of being a basketball player. You have a college degree, but no real, you know, work skills at all. Um, I was lucky I kind of had my summer basketball camp shoot the score hoops, and so that was kind of a semi-transition, but to still to figure out, so, okay, how can I make, um, you know, grassroots basketball or how can I make this basketball business, you know, my, my year-round occupation to take care of my family um, took me a while. Um, so, Tay, kind of talk about for you, like, the transition from, you know, being a player to trying to figure out um, what was next for you as far as, you know, like, the next chapter, the the next act, the the next career. Because I, I think, especially for um, black players and like black guys who play play the game, like you know, it's a lot of white guys they'll play maybe one two years overseas and be like, you know, I'm just writing and coaching. You know, it's funny, man. That Duke, the, the John Shire is kind of like a story. Like, yo, he played a little bit. I'm not sure if he got hurt or what happened, but like, he played maybe a couple years and he jumped right into coaching. But I, I I've seen that across the board where. Um, you know, guys, they'll play for a year or two, figure out, ah, oh, I don't want to deal with the European thing. I'm going to jump right into coaching, be a grad assistant, get my master's. And now these dudes are like, you know, head coaches at mid-majors or assistant coaches at, at high majors. Whereas, you know, guys like us, we may want to keep chasing it. You know, all right, I'm going to go here for five a month. I'm going to try to get this for four and a half a month. I'm going to try to go get that for six, as opposed to maybe 
possibly like going to get into the profession that you uh, you know that 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 may be next for you. So to kind of talk about that transition for you. I mean, for me, it was you know, of course, I wasn't as a high level player as D. Ewing. You know what I'm saying? So you know, the money is different. Right. So for me, it was like. I, I was setting myself up to be a teacher. I wanted mm -hmm. to I wanted to teach and I wanted to coach. You know what I'm saying? So I started doing the certification stuff over there. Started doing all that stuff while I was there. And you know, of course, then we do the basketball camp. Yep. And so I keep my keep my hands in that to find my niche in that. But to you know, make sure I got stuff taken care of. I like I like coaching. I like kids. And so it's a there was a win for me. You know what I'm saying? Like. It definitely ain't gonna make nobody rich, but you know what I'm saying. I get more all the free time that you want. You get all the breaks that you want, and if I want to hustle, however I want to hustle, that was my thing. Like, I didn't work being away for 12 years. You know what I'm saying. So this was my. Hey, look, man, you got you can do this, and there's nothing for us. We've been doing it our whole life. You go to school, you wake up, go to school. And waking up, running in the mountains, <laughs> overseas, yeah. Yeah. whatever they have, you know what I'm saying? What, man, what, staying in them, them Russian camps over there, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, so for me, just waking up to go to work ain't really nothing, bro. You know what I'm saying? To, not especially to go coach some kids, you know right. what I'm saying? Stuff that you enjoy doing anyway. So that, for me, I, was, I feel like it's a blessing because my transition was a little bit smoother than most. Uh, Jay, talk about your transition from player to uh, kind of what you do now? Um, you know, I think it all it's all a, a learning experience when we retire, man. We always kind of just like, what's next for us? Uh, I think that uh, I was just blessed to kind of like, I'm fortunate to be around uh, entrepreneurs in my family that kind of like steered me into uh, stuff like, like, listen, you ain't going to play forever. Like putting it in my head, even though I wanted to always play, you know what I mean? We always said that's easy money now that we look back on it, but they always instilled in me, hey, try to figure out what's next while you're still playing. Uh, so that gave me the opportunity to start, you know, in my career to pivot, start to, you know, logistics. Right now, what I deal with, you know, trucking, uh, well, not no more, but used to be trucking, I had trucks and. And then, you know, my brother with the liquor store, we got the liquor store and, and, and things like that. Uh, it, it just really was, was like, listen, how can I still make the same money, mm -hmm. enjoy myself? Because I don't want to stop my lifestyle like D. Ewan said, you know what I mean? Right, like, yeah. And then, you know, we now we got family, wife, kids. You know, your wife, she likes nice shit too. So it's like, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I mean, come on, we got to work hard. You know what I mean? So... Um, I basically did the same thing that I that I did in in sports, man. I was like, you know what, I'm gonna come in, I'm gonna learn as much as I can when it comes to this, you know, logistics shit. And then, man, I was fortunate enough to now be with, you know, one of the best companies in the world. So, um, what I did mention was, and I I, I want to talk about this too. Um, during the 2005-2006 NBA season, we had six guys from the Greater Houston area alone in the NBA at one time. It was T.J. Ford. Emeka Ogilfer, D. Ewing, uh, John Lucas III, Ronnie Price, and Lawrence Roberts. Yes. Six guys from our – and it's uh, – ironically – And ironically – Lil' John couldn't make – Listen, John like, is a hell of a player, but at the time, I'm just going to put it out there. John couldn't make out – could make no, the superstars, bro. So many funny stories about John. <laughs> yeah, so, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. uh, Ronnie Price played no, longer John than... John a dog. But that's what I was... Ronnie doing. Price played longer than anybody in our yes. class. And, and Ronnie couldn't make and nobody... Like, I don't even think Ronnie, Ronnie even little. made... 
Yeah, like, like, I saw Ronnie. We, exactly. He grew. I, he grew like four Ronnie inches. When we got to a state like, or something. Who, who Ronnie? Who, like, yeah. yo, this ain't the same Ronnie. I played. Mind you, I played with Ronnie. And he went to Ju- not Juco. Did he go to Juco first or something? He he went to yeah. He went to Juco. And then he transferred to like Utah State. Yeah, like Utah Valley State. Utah Valley. Yeah, played with Ronnie. Yeah, and so man, you know, so uh, again, like even John Lucas the third. I remember so many times, like, he wanted to get in the game, and Yuri, like, he'd be standing up, he'd be like, no, nah, man, you're not getting in the game. Mm-hmm. It's a funny story about Luke. One time we were in, in uh, Vegas at the Bigfoot. Obviously, man, with TJ Ford there and you and Kenny Taylor, there's not many minutes at the guard spot. Fact. Right? So uh, we were up by a lot. Um, John Lucas gets in the game. Everyone knows little John can score. Uh, he can shoot it. He's crafty. But Yuri, Coach John, Yuri wanted him to play the point. And so when he got in the game, he was pissed he wasn't playing. So he wanted to get some shot. You know, he, he wanted to get his shit off. So he came up the first screen he shot. He made it. John Yuri screams, John Lucas, you're a point guard. Pass the ball. <laughs> Next play down. Same play. Off the screen, he had another three. He's, Yuri goes, God damn it, John. I said you're a point guard, not a two guard. Little John looked at Yuri said, but I shoot that motherfucker like a two guard. <laughs> And it's, uh, again, it's funny, man. He's he's another dude like confidence. Like, you know, what yeah, I mean, like, you yeah. couldn't. Like, and he was a, one of the best workers you've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, I, like, I seen it firsthand <clears throat> because um, John was actually the last one to come to to Baylor. So, right. Uh, I think I was probably the tool to get those guys correct uh, to come. So it was myself. Then Lawrence came, and then John came. But I got to see kind of firsthand how his game kind of pro- progressed yeah. over the years. So. Uh, those two years at Baylor, he got a lot of minutes and he developed really well. But when he got to Oklahoma State, yeah, he was a dog. He, yeah, he was. He, uh, he, he was tough. Yeah. He was tough. Yeah. He was tough. yeah. So, I remember yeah. that time in the yeah. Final Four was y'all, Oklahoma State. It was three Texas guys. And UConn. Well, well four Texas guys. What, what IMac was, was over there with. with oh yeah. IMac was with yeah. Jay Lou. Yeah. 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 It was four. Yeah. Me, yeah. me, yeah. me, yeah. me Mecca, IMac, and uh, and two. John. This oh four. Oh four. It's oh four. Oh four. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's what Mecca them wanted. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, man. Wait a minute. 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 Wait Lawrence. Oh yeah. So listen. Even even. So Lawrence got SEC Player of the Year. Yep. Right. Okay. John Lucas got. Did he get Big Twelve Player of the Year? Mm-hmm. Big Twelve Player of the Year. The Ewing. You got AC Tournament MVP. Mm-hmm. TJ Four got the Naismith. Mm-hmm. Oh, who I'm missing? Man, we just had Omeka, people everywhere. Yeah. Oh Omeka. fuck! Omeka. He, 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 Corey, Corey was at Vanderbilt. Emeka got. I don't know if he won Naismith, but he got a Player of the Year. For sure, he got Big East Player of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we. It was. Anyone yeah. after championship, we had a very special class, man. The, the again, the I, I think not just in high school, but even in, at, at the collegiate level, mm-hmm. the 2001 class really like uh, set the bar, man. You know, we just naming guys winning. All uh, you know, again, people throw around that stuff like it's easy to do. I tell people all the time, man. Like that shit is difficult, man. Yeah. First and foremost, it's difficult to get a Division One scholarship. It's difficult to play, and it's difficult to and even to get like an All Conference award or. A, player of the year award in your league like that's I mean that's stuff you don't hear about like it's it's not normal right. and I think in our era we look at this stuff like oh yeah you got a player of the year like no that's yeah, a huge because deal everything is seen on social media right. you win you post 
Nobody posting they getting the ass whooped, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, nah, man. So, uh, um, again, man, our, our hats off to our class. It's a special man. class. Man, man. I'm going to get guys all across the city. You know, even Josh Jones at, at, at Westbury. Even was at Yates. He even was even a teammate. Yates, even my teammate, Nal Murray, was a very yeah, good player. Nile, yeah, Nile, Nile, Tim, Tim Simon. Yeah, like you know, yeah. like those guys. Uh, those guys at, at Booker T, Chris Gray, yep. Stussy, and those guys. Like there were, you know, it was it was a whole lot of talent. I think from that class, I want to say like twenty nine guys ended up signing Division One scholarships at the time. So That's it was great. a very very big deal, very very special class. And again, man, just want to give everybody their flowers and. Just you know, talk about how special they are. Let's tell, tell let motherfucker know we the best class ever, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny, man, because the uh, title of this episode is two thousand one did. You know, obviously with Khaled with his album, you know, God did. You know, for for me, this two thousand one class, it yeah. it set the tone, it, it changed the game. So that's the title of our episode, episode two, two thousand one did.